0: You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com.
1: Welcome to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, episode number 274. College is part of the American dream. It shouldn't be part of a financial nightmare. Anonymous.
0: Broadcasting from a dark, windowless room in Hollywood, when we really should be working on that next draft. It's the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, showing you the craft and business of screenwriting while teaching you how to make your screenplay bulletproof. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari.
1: Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Bulletproof Script Coverage. Now, unlike other script coverage services, Scott Free, Warner Brothers, The Blacklist and many, many more. So if you need your screenplay or TV script covered by professional readers, head on over to covermyscreenplay.com. Have you ever wanted to learn from a Hollywood blockbuster screenwriter or even an Oscar winner? Well, I wanted to put together a free 3-day screenwriting video series taught by legendary screenwriters David Goyer from who wrote The Dark Knight, Nia Valjuras, who wrote The Big Fat Greek Wedding, Oscar-winning Callie Corey, who wrote Thelma and Louise, and Oscar-winner Paul Haggis, who wrote Casino Royale. If you want access to this free class, head over to bulletproofscreenwriting.tv forward slash free. Well, guys, today we are going to tackle a very difficult topic, which is student debt. Now, we have talked about student debt on the show before, specifically for film students. And today's guest is in the hole... $300,000 plus for his film education at a top Ivy League school. He was recently covered in the Wall Street Journal in a piece called Financially Hobbled for Life, the elite master's degrees that don't pay off. Now, I reached out to Zach because I wanted to have him on the show so we can kind of dive deep into what happened, not only with his situation, but have a much broader conversation about financial debt and student loans when it's about film school and the pluses and minuses of it why he truly enjoyed his film school experience but we also discuss was it worth it was it not worth it you know he's going to be stuck with this $300,000 plus debt essentially for the rest of his life and uh it's a pretty scary proposition so it is really important for anybody thinking of going to film school to listen to this conversation. And if you're already out of film school and had, have student debt, this episode is for you as well. So, without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Zach Morrison. I'd like to welcome to the show Zach Morrison. Man. How are you doing, Zach? Good, good.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: Man, thank you so much for, um, for coming on. I, I was introduced to your plight uh when I read the, um, <laughs> when I read this amazing article on the in The Wall Street Journal about uh what you are going through, what you've gone through, and it is a topic that is dear to my heart, which is student debt. But I had not quite heard about it from the Ivy League side of things because when I think film school, I don't think Ivy League generally speaking, but before we jump right. into the deep end of the pool <clears throat> on that let's First, I have to ask you a question. What made you want to become a filmmaker? Like, what was the catalyst?
2: Oh man, um, I think the what what really did it off. I mean, I, I grew up watching movies, sure. and you know, um, so like, I just a big movie fan my whole life, even as a kid. Uh, but the thing that really did it was uh, I was really into Legos as as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that was my whole thing was like playing with Legos and you know building. Like not following the directions of the thing and like building my own stuff and, you know, forming these little stories with these Lego people in my head. And every year on Christmas, that was like the big family activity was, you know, after all the presents and stuff were over and family's over, we would all sit down and like build a Lego set together, especially my my grandfather and I. And uh, one year, I must have been eight or nine years old. um it, the The Lego set that year was a Steven Spielberg Lego set. Nice. <laughs> and it was it was the co- it was the coolest thing. It was like you built you know a little cityscape and a dinosaur to come in and knock it down. But you also built like the camera crew and the lights and like all the grip and, and everything. Stop um, it!
1: Stop you, it! Why isn't this in my life?
2: Why isn't this? You can in my find, life? You can in find my it on eBay. It's it's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Um, but it came with you know how like it has the instruction book on how to build the the set in the back of it was a storyboard for frames of how to shoot the movie you know the the movie that the set teaches you how to do and it came with this little camera and this very very basic uh editing software um and it blew my mind it was it was without a doubt the coolest thing so i started making this little lego movie and then from that point on i like played with the lego set for a day got rid of it and then now i just had this camera and this editing software at eight years old um and i was off to the races i started you know, stealing my dad's camcorder on every family vacation, you know, I would go out in the backyard in like middle school. And that's when, that's when like jackass was big. So (laughs) it was like, Hey, we're hanging out in the backyard and like doing stuff. And you know, like our friends, we would all get together and just film stuff. And, um, when high school came around, I I played sports, but I rode the bench because I was a terrible athlete. So, but I would do the, all the sports highlight tapes for all my, my athlete friends. And just from that point on, I just knew, so you know, by the time I got to college, I, I was just—that's all I wanted to do with my life was make short films and specifically comedy. Um, and and it's quite literally the thing I've been doing for my whole life.
1: It sounds like it's from eight years old. I didn't find my passion until I was in my teens, but and I was again, it was I was given a camcorder, and I'm I'm am yeah. I'm a bit older than you, so uh, you you had technologies that I did not have access to. <laughs> I was editing between two VCRs, uh, yeah. <laughs> back in the day. But, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that, that sounds like it sounds like, you know, once you get bitten by that damn bug, you can't get rid right. of it. It's done. It's a done disease that we're stuck with for the rest <laughs> of our lives.
2: So it's, when you, it's, it's a curse that doesn't go away.
1: So, okay. So you've been making movies all, you know, from, from eight years old until 18, 19, I guess at that point. And you decide, Hey, you know what? I think I want to go to film school. What, yeah. so can I ask you what made, and what year was that by the way
2: that you went to uh, film school? My senior year in high school was 2010. So, okay, like, like college, like the college discussion was happening around like 2009, 2010.
1: Okay, so it, there was a lot of stuff out there for education as far as filmmaking at that point. Right. Still, wasn't a tremendous amount, but it was not like today. But still, there were some YouTube channels, there were some right. education things like that. You had been directing and and shooting and editing your own stuff for such a long time. Why did you decide that you wanted to go to film school and then we'll decide and then we'll talk about which film school you chose?
2: Yeah, um, I think the you know, the, the big thing for me was especially as a high school student, um, you know, I was taking I was in hindsight, extremely fortunate. My high school had a, like the arts programs at my in my township nice. in my high school were very um, like they, they prided themselves in in establishing those. So we had video production courses in high school. You know i was in the band so i was playing music and, and stuff as well and so i just i knew art in some form and some medium was the thing um and i had so like i just i loved it so much and the fact that i could do it in school was was like a life-changing sort of revelation that i had because mm-hmm. up to that moment school like that was the hobby i did after school that was the thing i did on weekends and school was like math and science and history. And I was like an okay student, but I, I was not inspired by any of it. And, um, you know, as, as you, you grow up and, and you, you get through high school, you start thinking like that, what am I going to do with the rest of my life mm-hmm. thing? And I realized I want, I wanted to make films. I want to tell stories like that's the thing I want to do. And I knew that just knowing how the kind of student I was and the kind of, you know, environment that is conducive for me. I knew I wanted to go to a film program. You know, and some of my favorite, like all time favorite filmmakers went to film school. And that was, you know, in doing research, that was the path that um, you know, I just that made sense in my 17 year old brain. You know, because mm-hmm. this was this was before like Ryan Connolly and Film Riot really blew up. You know, this was before like the sort of DIY film education Mm-hmm. on On YouTube became a thing. There was a lot of like sketch comedy, like Smosh was huge. And, you know, the, that was when Andy Samberg was on.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show.
2: Now yeah, Rocket, Rocket Jump. Jump. Andy Samberg was on SNL at the time. So like the idea of like, you can make funny videos was very much a thing. But the how do I go about pursuing like the craft in a broader sense. Um, you know, the, the option that made sense to me was, was film school. So, you know, junior year of high school, I was, um, you know, looking at, looking at programs and obviously I I checked it, you know, you look at NYU, you check out all the, you know, the big undergrad programs. Um, but I'm from New Jersey. And so I, you know, I always had Rutgers as like the state school in my back pocket. I grew, I live now even five minutes down the road. From campus, you know, all my family went there. I have baby pictures in in Rutgers gear, and so, you know, I always knew that was a thing. But at the time, there was no film program. There was not mm-hmm. a thing. They had journalism, they had broadcast, and they had film studies, but there was no filmmaking. Um, and it became a I think after like I applied to schools, and and I, NYU rejected me. You know, the like the traditional sort of undergrad film programs all rejected me because whatever uh, Don't but feel bad. it came down to, I had, a, Oh no, 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 I, I don't lose sleep over it. Um, <laughs> but it came down to Emerson college in Boston and Rutgers were, it came, were my, you know, kind of top two choices. And, um, you know, I was also playing, I played volleyball in high school and the coach at Emerson, it was a D three program. And so he brought me up for a recruiting visit and I visited the film classes and it was awesome. And it, you know, as this was like everything I wanted, I could play, you know, the game that I love and I could do the stuff that I love for school. And it made sense. And then I saw the, you know, the bill (laughs) or what it, what it would have been. Um, and at that time it was just, wait, it was outside of what a, a budget for college would have been compared to in state tuition at my state school. Um, and so Rutgers just ended up making sense. And so I, um, decided to go there for undergrad.
1: Right, okay, so you went to Ruptor, and then you decided to go to Columbia University for film. Now, uh, I've been in the business a long time, and I know all the film programs uh, right. pretty well. Columbia is not one of the ones that gets spoken about often. Uh, so it wasn't. it's not AFI, it's not UCLA, USC, NYU. It's not even LA Film School or Full Sail. Uh, it's an Ivy League school. So when you think Ivy League, you don't generally think, film program.
2: <laughs> True. But at, I, I will say that, uh, I think, um, specifically if you're looking at graduate, like the graduate film programs, um, mm-hmm. and, and like every year with like the Hollywood reporter and whatever the, that article is that like lists them all, you know, it comes, it's on there somewhere. Yeah. Your, your top five are, are Columbia and NYU on the East coast and AFI, UCLA and USC in LA, you know, okay. and those are, um, at least domestically in the US. I, I would consider, you know, the five, top programs and anyone you ask that you can, you know, plus minus whatever the rankings are. Um, I know Chapman's a good one also, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, but, you know, specifically for, for graduate film programs, um, you know, it was always on my list. It was always, um, you know, I had a undergrad professor that went there and taught there. And so he, um, you know, kind of gave us the, the, the Kool-Aid a little bit. but the the thing that made me really want to go to film school in general was um, I did four years of undergrad, loved it, had the time of my life. Um, and Rutgers was developing a film program as I was there. I was kind of like the guinea pig student for what a film major could be. Like every semester they kept adding classes and I kept taking them and I did like an individualized major. Um, and it was cool. And I was like in the room my senior year when they like, you know, the governor's office was like, OK, there will now be a BFA in film. After you're gone, you know, um, which was which was I, was I was super proud of it. But, it, you know, after four years of like advocating and stuff, um, I, I'm glad now students at at the art school at Rutgers have a program. Let me ask you, I don't yeah. mean
1: to interrupt you, but let me ask you a question. What made you think uh what who gave you the information that said that you needed a master's degree or. Or, you know even a, or even a bachelor's degree yeah. in film to make it in the film industry is that just something that
2: you came up with or someone was telling you this? Oh no no one no one told me that I, I knew that I, this was a path that I was choosing for myself um, mm-hmm. and because you know everyone like I have a bunch of friends who never went to film school I, I know there are a bunch of filmmakers that never went and it was I, I never felt like that was the only answer mm-hmm. I just felt like that was the path that made sense for me. Okay. You know, like Fair a, enough. A, a undergrad opened up so many opportunities for me, um, you know, like a, everything I've done up like up to that point was as a result of of school um, and every like every film that I had in every festival, every, you know, every all the trips and like the people I met and, and the jobs that I had, everything came through school, through the transit property, all a product of, you know, my connections that I made at Rutgers. And so you know, when it came down to, and I, you know, senior year in college now, this is like 2014. And I, I was working a lot. You know, I, I had a huge portfolio of, of narrative films and, and music videos, and I'm directing stuff all the time. And, you know, I'm working at MTV at, at the time as like, a you know, in their on-air promos department, like, here's what's coming up next on Teen Wolf and like a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and so, you know, I, I was starting to think like, OK, what what's next, you know, and, and the two options that were presented, you know, that just sort of made sense to me was one I could you know spend 10 15 grand buy like a red go in New York and hustle as like a freelance production guy mm-hmm. um it was a totally valid option uh option B was write my feature film and just like like fuck it do it live which was just a thing we said all the time in college so it's like yeah maybe I can just like do my feature now but I knew I wasn't ready I, I knew I didn't have just the 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 sense of self of as both a person and then a business manager and then an artist like it it just wasn't i wasn't ready to do that yet um and option c was look into graduate film school you know because um you know again like i had professors who i I went to undergrad who i had for undergrad went to grad school and so they kind of told me about that but then also looking up like you know that at at tish at nyu spike lee doesn't work with the undergrads he works with the grad students and and you know at that at afi the peter stark producing program that's a graduate program and and so i just started thinking okay there's still there's a potential avenue here you know um and you know uh, being from the east coast i looked into new york city schools and you know nyu obviously is the is the big kind of name one but you, you look at a school like columbia who has you know, Jennifer Lee, Catherine Bigelow, uh, just a ton of, a ton of people who've come out of there. And the, so the program was got on my radar. Um, and then I applied to, you know, I applied to NYU, Columbia and USC. Um, cause I figured if I'm going to, if I'm going to do this unnecessary thing, right. If I'm going to go to school, I might as well go to a program that, that means something to, to some people potentially. And, and that uh, to go to a, you know, And so, um, I I got rejected for NYU and USC at the same day. And so I was like, all right, I guess, guest school is not going to be it. It's fine. It's not, you know, I'll just go in the city and hustle. And then, uh, and then I got a call for an interview at Columbia. And so it just, the, the choice kind of was just fell into my lap. Like it was, it was made, almost made for you. Yeah. And like at that point you get, you get an offer like that. You don't, you, you, you say yes and you figure it out later, you know? So
1: at the point before your undergraduate, what did that, what was the cost? Tuition wise,
2: uh, uh, tuition wise, it was uh, I don't know uh, off the top of it was like in state tuition twenty. It was like twenty something a, a year, something like that. Twenty like a year, a, a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, my my mom my mom worked at the school, mm-hmm. so all all say for one like my first year tuition was um, it wasn't tuition remission. It was like tui- tuition reimbursement. So we kept like recycling the same tuition check each year. And then the only costs were um, room and board and the random fees that go into, into school. So it wasn't, um, I wasn't finishing college like undergrad with a lot of debt at all.
1: Okay, good. So you were, you, you, it was a very manageable amount of debt
2: coming into undergraduate,
1: Um, which is the same for me when I I went to Full Sail in Orlando, uh, which is a tech college in, uh, I paid, I think, total when I came out, my my student debt was, I think, anywhere between 18 and 25, if you include like living costs and stuff like that off campus and stuff. Uh, and it was 95, 96. Okay. So it's a little bit different time, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there wasn't. And at that point, there was really no other option. Like there was there was just right. no information anywhere other than books and behind the scene videos and stuff like there was nothing. <laughs> so I didn't have an option at the time. And I'm like, OK, I guess this is the film school I went to. Um, but, uh, okay. So then you go into Columbia and then what is the, how many years were you in the, in the program for graduate?
2: Yeah. So, um, Columbia's MFA program, it's very unique in the sense that it's a three to five year program. Jesus. Um, what? and, and, you know, most, most MFAs are two years you're in and, Right. Out. right. Um, and, and so thankfully it was, it was still only two years of class and two years of full-time tuition. Um, but the sort of. The interesting part was year three and onward, you become an artist in residency at the school. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: And now back to the show.
2: Um, and so, you know, if you think about how that would compare to a, a, a more standard two year MFA where you do your two years of class, you kind of in your second year, you just focus on your thesis film and then you're out. And then you have a year to a couple years after grad school to sort of do that next, you know, to like either write the script or do the movie kind yeah. of on your own, you know, or like whatever your calling card piece is going to be. Um, and Columbia, you know, I kind of fell in love with their philosophy of, look, you're going to do that work anyway. Why not do it here under our supervision, under our mm-hmm. with our resources, with the with all your classmates here on campus? Um, and it was it was um it was an interesting concept, you know, and uh, so it was I, I ended up staying for four years. Um, it was two years of like full time class, 21 credit semesters, no time for working an outside job. And then year three and year four, um, was the total opposite. I had no class, no assign, no like project work or anything. It was just um, cool. Uh, you, you know, I was a screenwriting student. So like write your pages and and do your movie, then do your short and call us when you have it. You know, so what were the costs for for each year? Uh, so, the, I mean, the the full the the, the kind of full time part, year one and year two, that was like your, you know, your 50, 60 grand. It was I think it was like 60 something a year. And then plus the cost of living in New York City, Ugh. you know, because, <laughs> yeah, so I, I ended up taking out loans that ended up being something a lot in like the 80 ish. But I don't have the, per the, the year. numbers in front of me, but, but something like year. the 80 ish yeah per year, because I also had to take out loans to afford to live in New York, um, and not work. Um, and then your, your three and your four, like those thesis years, um, it was significantly less, but it was still like, it was still a good amount. Um, so, you know, grand total, it came out to like, including like the, um, all the interest that might've been generated. I'm up to like 200 and 290 something from just grad school. And then you add on like the little bit of debt I'm in left for, for undergrad and it kind of kicks me over the, that 300 level.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, my, 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 just, my stomach is turning, brother. I'm so <laughs> sorry. As you're saying these numbers, my, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, and, I, and, I, and it's, <laughs> it's like you are living it and I'm just like, and it's so painful to hear. Um, did you understand the financial obligations you were getting into? when you sign up for I mean I mean I, I know you're not you obviously just graduated with a BA so you're not dumb uh, right <laughs> but but did you really grasp what was going on did you like did you think in your mind oh well uh, I'll just sign up for this. Um, this is a great opportunity. Uh, I'll, I'm going to make a million first few years anyway. Like, what was the th- the mindset of this? Because that's what I did. <laughs> I said, I'm like, yeah, Hollywood should just bring their t- t- truck of money. Just, just and dump, it, dump the money truck. They, the driveway, should, right? they should be yeah. realizing my genius any day
2: now. Right. <laughs> uh, no, th- thankfully, um, you know, as a as a college senior, because I went straight in from undergrad to grad school because mm-hmm. I knew if I didn't go then, I was never going to go back to school. Um, and I, I, I was very much aware of what I was signing up for. Yeah, you know, I almost didn't go like I, I, the, the big, you know, debate I had was, um, again, because the, the decision of like, which school was not a factor, it was like one or nothing. Um, it, that was the big debate I had for months, you know, um, even, even before I even heard, yes, like I, the application was, was Thanksgiving of 2013. And I heard like March or April of 2014. Um, and then I had about a month or month and a half period to make a decision. Um, and so I, 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 you know, obviously the number is massive and it's terrifying, but I knew going into it, what I was doing. Um, you know, I, I that was like the running joke with, with all my friends. Like, oh yeah, like I'm screwed. I'm never going to pay this off. Um, which, you know, that kind of humor doesn't translate into a print article, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, Yeah, I I knew what I was signing up for, and and the way I justified it in my head at the time, and and even now, uh, was like, a, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Um, you know, there was no chance to defer. There was like, I'd have to apply again, and I knew again once I left the school system, I was never and started working full time. I was never going back. Uh, and so just in that moment, at that time, I was like, here's an opportunity. Here's life saying, here's your shot. You know, you did the. You did the DIY thing for four years in undergrad, you know, you, you helped build a program for future students and here's the universe (laughs) saying, here's, here's a chance to actually invest in yourself and dive in and, and do something, you know, that you wouldn't have had the chance to do if it wasn't for the last four years of work that you put in. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I think like I've obviously, I've never seen three hundred thousand dollars like in my life before that like that the what that physically looks like it's like that scene from dodgeball where he opens up the briefcase and it's like people normally don't see this unless it's in the movie you know
1: <laughs> by the uh, way very good ben stiller oh, uh, infra- very very good ben stiller impression my friend very very good no i i, I yeah i know it's almost a it's almost a I, I don't mean to make this light of it but it's almost a comical number like it doesn't it doesn't seem real it like it really I, is. It's- I can't. I can't even comprehend being three hundred thousand plus dollars in debt. Um, and for everyone listening, you have to understand. Like, um, Zach can't file bankruptcy. Like he yeah. can't. He. This is debt that will be with him. And again, dude, I. I don't mean to like rub <laughs> salt in your wound. I'm just trying to educate people listening. Right? So No, okay. do but like, this is debt that he will carry with him for the rest of his physical life. Um, maybe they'll figure out a way to take it to the next life. I don't know. <laughs> Trust me, banks will figure a way to do it if they can. Um, but, th- th- and that's something that a lot of people who do sign these on, they're like, oh, I'll just file for bankruptcy. I'd be like, no. Um, right. thanks to a certain president in the early 2000s, they signed a deal, uh, a law stating that you cannot bankrupt yourself out of student loan, which, okay. So, all right. So let's go back. There's a lot of things I want to kind of yeah. open, open up here. Okay. So, I'm not questioning the education that you got at Columbia. I'm sure it was top-notch. I've spoken at USC. I've spoken at New York Film Academy. I've spoken to a lot of these schools, and I've talked to the instructors there, and I've seen the the, the syllabus. I'm like, dude, I would have killed to go to USC. I would have killed right. to go to NYU com- coming up. It, they're, they're amazing, uh, amazing programs. But the ROI doesn't seem to make sense. And it's not just in filmmaking, but like uh, I have a friend of mine who's a social worker who went and got a master's at USC for social work. I don't know about you, but I don't know a lot of rich social workers. That's generally not the way social work works. So she was in debt for 180 for social work. Right. And then I had another friend who has a a master's degree from Florida A&M. Uh, or for Florida and FIU at Florida international university, same, same degree, different school. She was $20,000 in debt. Right. For social work. <clears throat> Do you see like she's paid it off already. Yeah. Like the other one will never. So that's when, when I talk about ROI, I'm like, if you can afford the school, go for it. Film schools have a lot of p- p- benefits and potential, a lot of things, resources and con- contacts, like you were saying, but at, it's eighty thousand dollars a year for the, those two years plus the right. the next two years the ROI doesn't make
2: sense do you do you agree with what i'm saying i I agree that the numbers sound crazy like i i, I totally I totally hear you on like the math and <laughs> and and, it, and the the you know the article The Wall Street Journal article. They had this fun little graphic where you can like see, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the the school and the cost, and then like what the average person in that field is making two two to three years out of school. Like that in in a bubble makes perfect sense. Yes. Um, The the part that that I always like because I you know I've been having this conversation going on for years now uh, Mm -hmm. since I went to school in the first place, and um, the the part that I always bring up to people is that a lot of the benefits of that ROI, like a lot of the things that you're investing into and like the dividends that that investment pays are, are non quantifiable, you know, especially in relation to the, like how much money you're making out of school. Um, you know, I spent the last two years in Los Angeles hustling and, and trying to do the Los Angeles thing. And so, you know, I, I was entering a workforce where your entry level job is like 30 grand a year. Or or oh, you if, know, you're lucky, if, if you're lucky, if you're lucky, right, if you're lucky and like 15 bucks an hour and no health insurance and, and all that jazz. Um, right. But the, you know, even just on like a superficial level, um, what I had that a lot of these other, you know, my peers in the workforce didn't have potentially was um, four feature screenplays that have been workshopped over the course of four years. We'll be right back after
0: a word from our sponsor. And now
2: back to the show, um, work that got me a manager, which helped me bring, bring myself out there. Um, you know, a short film that, that was nominated for, and then won an Emmy and that started conversations. And, and so there's, I mean, again, that those are just sort of the superficial egotistical benefits. Um, but the, even on that surface level alone, you know, I don't know if like the, the kind of basic equation of like, what's the ROI from the cost of your degree. I don't know if that equation works. You know, there's it's like a we're, we're trying to do like a divide by zero thing where we're ignoring. Uh, you know, I can ramble about metaphors all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, but you know, what, you know what I mean. There's like there's it, it. I'm able to justify it in for me based off of the the work that I know and the experience that I had that like does that doesn't factor into that equation. If that
1: makes right. sense. It does. It does make sense to a certain extent, but like. You know, as as my wife always says, the, the numbers never lie, um, and all of those things are great. And look, I, I've you know, I've when I when I got out and I was stuck with that debt, and I I deferred it for a year, and my interest right. went up because I was working as an intern, you know, working no making no money for the like for the first six months or something like that or, or something like that, or, or working as a PA making at the time seventy five bucks a day. Because uh, I was back in the day uh, until I finally got my legs under me. And then once I got my legs under me and I started like, oh, I got, I could, I have a job now. My first job in the business was making 23 grand as a tape vault guy in a commercial yeah. production house. Then I became an editor. And then I was making stupid money as an editor in Miami in the 90s when money was just flying everywhere. <laughs> it was just everywhere. So um, and I was able to pay off my debt little by little uh, right. until I finally got it off. But, um, but you know, the things that I learned in my, this is my personal experience, the things that I I loved my film school, I loved it. It was fun. I got to play, I got to learn, but a lot of the information that I learned there was, um, very, uh, antiquated because we were, I got caught right between the digital analog switch. So, okay. So there was no line, no, there was very little nonlinear editing, right? Uh, Like Avid wasn't a thing just yet. And. There is no final cut yet, and any of that kind of stuff. So, I was caught in that, in that little weird place. So, a lot of the stuff I learned, I could just talk to the old guys at the studios about, but really didn't help me get a job. Right. Um, right. But, uh, so I'm not sure what the ROI was for my experience. But, with all of that said, if you had, I mean, obviously, if you had a chance to go back and go, is this worth $300,000? Or could I have got, could I have made my short film? without the it get and still get an Emmy nomination without going to that school the
2: the answer is physically it's possible to do all those things and maybe mm-hmm. maybe someone could have and i'm not and that that's not to say that any like indie filmmaker listening like that i i'm not trying to say that film school is the way like no, you, you know the mandalorian like this is that's not <laughs> um but for for me it was, and like I don't, you know, because I don't have, you know, an uncle in the industry. Like, New Jersey is as far away from the film industry as as one can physically get geographically and still be in the United States. Um, and and so, it, it that was my way in. Um, and okay, that was enough. that was that was my way into um into jobs. Like, I wouldn't have worked at MTV if it wasn't for undergrad um I wouldn't have gotten in at like The Tonight Show or Saturday Night Live if it wasn't for connections I made while in film school in New York City um so so like even just from like a door opening I know that's one of like the clichés that people say oh you go to film school so it opens doors you know um and, and, but it, it did it it really did and so yeah. I I don't know if um I don't know if I'd be writing at the level I I would be at now if it wasn't for film school I don't know if I'd be as confident a director as, as I would be now, if it was, wasn't for school. And so I don't, I wouldn't change anything um, So despite so, the debt.
1: So what, so what was the purpose of you coming out, uh, publicly is, you know, saying like, I've been financially burdened, <laughs> you know, in that article, like I've got 300,000 plus dollars yeah. in debt. Like what was the purpose of you coming out? Cause I understand, I, I, I get your point of view. Uh, totally. I get you, there's no question you learn something and you got some bank for your buck. I just, my personal opinion, don't think that that education is worth that amount of money where there are right. other programs that are more affordable, um, that could teach you a lot of those things. And, and even then in 20, when it was 20, we talked about 2014. Yep. There's a tremendous amount of Online education and you know even going to other schools and things like that. There, there, are, there are other options at that point. It's not like right. it was eighty-five.
2: Um, oh yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 again, like I, I wholeheartedly understand that it, that it was not the only option. You know, and, <laughs> I, and I, I didn't feel pressured in any way. You know, I like in reading since the article came out, like reading the comment section. You know, like th- I think the thing a lot of people are are missing is like i know that it's crazy you know like like I, i'm well you're aware for, that but you're a filmmaker
1: so filmmakers are yeah. nuts we're nuts we're nuts uh, as, as right. a gen- like we're, that's we're, a starting point
2: <laughs> you have to be insane to 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 grow up wanting to be an artist and to continue doing it you know um, oh
1: and then to, and then to pay obscene amounts of money because I, I i paid obscene amounts of money as well i only went to school for i, I went to a special program it was a year and, and a half oh, wow. and, and it was twenty five thousand dollars <laughs> In 1995 or 94, yeah. or whenever I went. So it's ins- that's insanity with no, no job prospects. No, right. it's not like it is now. Like now there's just jobs everywhere. But there's also a lot of people for looking for those jobs. But right. in the 90s, <laughs> are
2: you kidding? <laughs> yeah, no. But the, the the reason why I wanted to speak up there's um, a couple of reasons. One, I mean, like objectively correct, like no school, like school should not cost <laughs> anything near what it costs in this country you know um i don't you know i don't think the federal government should be making money off of off of the debt that they're you know giving us like when we take out student loans the interest rates are insane you know and so what's and the interest a- rate what's the interest uh, i don't even remember what mine was so like, i don't remember it's like it's in like this i don't i don't want to throw a number out and then be wrong Give or take. Bus. Rough, rough. Yeah, I, I think it's like six. I think in like the six. That's kind of seven. Okay, it's for education, man. You shouldn't be like, it should yeah. be one. It should yeah, be it, one. It should, like, a, it should be nothing or at the bare minimum, whatever like the prime. like Whatever below. prime is. Yeah, whatever yeah. prime is. Like, it should, like, at a bare minimum, it should be that. I, we shouldn't, uh, tuition shouldn't be that high. But anyway, that's a whole different conversation. Um, But A, you know, I just wanted to say, like, hey, this is a thing that I experienced and. You know, I, and I, I did everything I could in in my conversations in that to really stress that, like, I am not trying to like I don't second guess anything. I'm not criticizing any aspect of the school itself. It's more like that's just the nature of how much school costs. And that's the problem. Um, but also, I knew that, like, having come from a journalism background, I wrote I've written for news before I've, I was a journalism major technically in undergrad. and. um And so I I know how I knew how to talk to a reporter and I felt comfortable talking to a reporter. And I knew a lot of my classmates did not feel comfortable doing so. Um, And I also knew that there was the chance that if someone who, you know, a classmate of mine who didn't feel comfortable talking to a reporter ended up feeling pressured to do so and then said something they regret on the record, then that's like a whole thing. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. I have like no problem. So
1: someone to the reporter came out, came looking for you guys or was you, did you go looking for them?
2: Uh, I, they, I got I woke up to an email in my inbox saying, Hey, we're doing a story on student debt. Do you want to talk? And at, th- at that point, like I wasn't even on like <laughs> Facebook and, and Twitter and whatever, I, I was not very private like about it. I have no shame in cause it's a joke, right? Like it's hilarious. <laughs> I have, I, I own a, i I'm mortgaging a house I'll never live in, you know, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I i even like i was a, a contestant you, remember, you know like the game show pay it off like mm-hmm. the, it was a it
0: was <gasps> no a game, did you yeah, go on that it was show, show on,
2: it was a game show on tbs um and like the bit was instead of giving you money we we give pay you off get, get forgiveness lit. and so i was a, i when they were workshopping it like in brooklyn i was one of their test contestants and you know i i went in and this was in like a you know pr- like kind of warehouse in brooklyn and they were where they were workshopping the game and they had, I was one of three contestants and like two of them had, they were both undergrads and I don't know, had like 20, one had 20 and one had 50,000 in debt. And <laughs> I was like, hi, I'm Zach Morrison. I'm 300K in, in debt. And there was just like a, a silence. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we can't room. have this.
1: We can't, like, if this guy wins, he's going to bankrupt
2: us. <laughs> yeah. And like the game show, like clearly the game was not prepared for me to, you know, and, uh, and the funniest part was I won, like I won the test episode, um, <laughs> but I. <laughs> that's horrible. Oh my god, yeah. that's wrong. No, but like, and they were, they were really great about it. Like that, um, you know, like the, the that whole crew is, they were fantastically supportive of it. Um, it was just, it was really funny. And that was, you know. We'll
0: be right back after a word from our sponsor.
2: And now back to the show. That was just a. From that moment on, I was like, I should just be talking about this because it's it's hilarious. You know,
1: <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it is looking out. I mean, I'm glad you have a good attitude about it. If not, I mean, you have to have a good attitude about it. If not, you just, you know, just at the, at the end, just like, OK, it's over. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so, OK, so mo- is your most of your student debt federal?
2: Uh, it's, it's a hundred percent federal. Yeah,
1: it's a hundred percent federal. So this is absolutely in the control of the U S government to help students and citizens get going in life, uh, without screwing them over with interest payments. Um, even if, look, look, if you went in and like, Hey, I got $300,000 in debt. Uh, but every day I'm assuming you're not making the
2: full payment. Oh, I'm like I'm I'm not making any payments. <laughs> it's, oh, so it's income- so so now it's just become a joke, essentially. Right, because it, it's income. Like I'm on the income-based repayment plan. I've been unemployed since, like, unemployed full sure. time since the pandemic hit. I've been, you know, freelancing and gigging and sure. And, but you're accruing, but you're accruing interest. Yeah, and and like it, I'm on the income-based repayment plan, and Jesus and Christ. according to that, and like the tax bracket that I'm in, I don't I don't have to make any payments. I'm making I'm paying what I can, but. My payment plan is is due zero a month because they know I'm not making any money. Um, So so on that uh, on that stance, they're a little bit better than a bank, but not by much, not not by much. And then this is this is the federal government. And like they're, you know, why? Like, why are we knowing how like the relationship between schools raising tuition and the government allowing loans to be larger and larger and larger I'm not like an economic, a, economist. I'm not a, a R-rater either. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but like whatever that relationship is of like tuition rising and the government raising the ceiling of the, of the loan limit. Like if the government stops writing loans, I, maybe are we going to keep raising tuition if people can't, you know, so like that's that macro issue, I think, is what uh, I hope is the conversation that comes out of. Of all this, you know, it's like yeah. why just why does education cost so much?
1: Well, that's the thing too. I'm like, there's at a certain point, like I was saying with the social worker, like if the job you're trying to educate yourself to get or the career that you're trying to get doesn't even come close to the tuition you're paying to get it, does it make any sense to go to that school. Can you find that same education or an equivalent education at an at a cheaper school, a state school, you know, something else like that? So like USC versus FIU, you're both getting quality education. They're both very good schools. Obviously, USC right. is more prestigious, but it's a private school. FIU is a state school. So, if you know, for twenty thousand dollars or hundred and sixty thousand dollars for the education of a social worker, who's going to make probably less than a filmmaker, which is scary. right? <laughs> coming out, does that is that is that should that even be legal? Like, I, I, I'm being, I'm I'm being honest yeah. here. Like, is it legal to charge? someone eighty thousand dollars a year and let's say it's a two year master's program yeah so 160 plus whatever it costs to live in the in the state that you're going to go live in is it even legal to charge somebody that much when they know they know the school i'm sorry knows that the chances of the chances of the, the students in a in a 50 50 students in a film course going, going for a master's course, spending $160,000 for those two years, let's say they don't do the three, four and five year at Columbia, the chances of that, what is the percentage of those 50 people actually getting and making a living in our industry? It is, it's fractional. And you know, it it is. So is that even a legal thing? And then of course, and then of course, you've got the government coming up with their numbers going, Oh, uh yeah sure just keep raising the limits keep raising the limits keep the limits.
2: so it's allowing this thing to keep going right right i mean on, you know on the one hand like yes it's legal no it, it is legal <laughs> right but also you know I, I i like putting aside the specific schools costing specific amounts thing cuz like i i don't know why you know different schools cost charge what they what they do yeah, and like yeah. it's not it's it, not just like school costs, you know, like I, you can buy a sandwich for 5 bucks. Like sandwiches are $5. You know, education should just be whatever education costs. Um, but you
1: could also but you could also spend $35 for a sandwich.
2: You could. You could. And, <laughs> and it's st- and it's still bread, <laughs> cheese, yeah. a meat
1: and maybe a special sauce. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I like again just putting it in from like my specific situation, yeah. you know, I um those were those were the options available to me you know and and i i I was like because undergrad the the students who are at rutgers today are getting a significantly better filmmaking education than i got when i was a student there um Mm -hmm. and so you know i went to the the most like affordable diy like i taught myself most of what i know about shooting and editing and then class was just like a place to put it to work you know um but then, you know, when the grad school question came around, I, I had all the like everything that I was going to learn from from YouTube filmmaking tutorials, like the, all the technical I had down. I was a, I, I sure. can shoot. I can edit. I can I can do all the things. Um, Now I need a place where I can actually apply the craft and like. And workshop the like the artistic decision making, you know, and. And that it was that like, I want to be a writer director. I don't want to be a working cinematographer. I had Mm -hmm. the knowledge base to be a working cinematographer. What I wanted was an environment where I can write stuff, put it up on its feet and workshop it in that artistic, you know, critique environment among my peers. And, you know, I have friends who are in the industry, but like, you know, I I don't know if I don't know if I could have gotten 50 people in a room on a weekly basis to like Discuss no, the craft I, of directing, You know.
1: No, I, I got it. It's just again the cost. The, the oh. it, it, it's the ROI. It's it, right. Could you have done that exact same thing in another program somewhere else at a fraction of the cost? Even if it was tw- look, even at twenty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, which is still obscene. Um, yeah. you could probably
2: have found that somewhere. Who knows? Um, I, you know what? If if an, if another school that was cheaper said yes, I I I would have considered it. You know. Sure. Um. And, and and without a doubt, you can find like you can find anything you want at almost any school. Like I you know, I, I don't I don't believe that any one school is like the specifically that place is going to make or break your ability to make it in the career in Absolutely. The industry. Right? I mean if history
1: is I mean Spielberg, Tarantino, I mean there's the list goes on and on that they did not go to film school.
2: They they didn't. I will say that there for every person who's successful that didn't go to film school, there are a billion who did. George Lucas, Marty Scorsese, you know, like, like but that we, was a
1: different generation though. Yeah, that's a, di- that's a different generation. That is called the film school generation. Like that is the generation of of of, of, of film students uh, that there was no other option, and that that's they took over Hollywood and that whole thing. Sure, but more recently, I've seen a lot more. I mean, there are you know, I've, USC man pumps out pumps out people left and right. Uh, and I know that program well, um, yeah. and the connections you make in USC is worth the tuition. To be honest with you, yeah. at USC, the, t- the the money you're spending is to make contacts with your, your your fellow students who all end up going somewhere because they went to to that that program. Uh, yeah. NYU has a similar, not as not as much, to my understanding, but AFI is the same way. Things like that. Um, yeah. But. Um, <laughs> But yeah, go ahead. Continue.
2: Continue. No, I mean, I would argue I would argue Columbia was the same way. You know, I like all all of my friends who I graduated school with are all in the industry. They're all working. They're all going to be exec. You know, five of them are already creative executives. Like two of them are are heads of development at studios. Like it, it's like for, you know, there, there's so much of that. Like, that's why I went, because I, I want to. You know, make friends with an actual, true, creative, collaborative friendships with people who are going to hustle as hard as me, if not hard ten times harder. You know, right? And and so, I I, the because I I've done like these like you know I I've sat on a a debate panel with like the no film school guy, um and and we went back and forth at like a film festival like do you go to school do you not go to school and. It just came down to oh, like it's, it's individual. It's an individual choice. Yeah. It, it just came down to like do what you can, you know, and and do what's available to you. Yeah. Listen, this and this is the
1: thing for there's certain people and certain filmmakers that need that structure and want that structure and want yeah. those resources. And that's perfectly fine. I went to film school. I get it but there's others who like you know what I'm going to do it all myself and I'm totally. 19 and I'm going to go make my first feature and I'm going to fail a whole bunch but I'll make my first feature for 15 20 grand learn a whole lot there and keep going and I'll just hustle and hustle and hustle but I won't have any, have any debt so those are the two two roads you can go down yeah i don't think that i i don't think that film school is a waste of time at all i think it's if you can afford it go for it but i have a problem with the cost and i think you yeah. have a problem with the cost um i, I do There's no problem with the actual program itself in Columbia or NYU or USC. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Their costs are astronomical and only growing every year. So five years from now, someone who went down your program could be half a million. Or half with uh, half a million yeah. dollars in debt. Yeah, yeah. That when you start getting into over a couple, I mean, you're talking doctor lawyer numbers. Um, you know, as far as doctors and lawyers have yeah. have an output to make a lot of money.
2: <laughs> and I, like, I was, I was, I was in school long enough to be a doctor. If I went to any other school at any other program, I'd have my PhD by now. Right. Um, But but at the same time, you know, like just like you said, you know, doctors and lawyers, they take out a lot of money because there's potential to make a lot of money. The film industry is the like 11th largest industry in the country. And Mm -hmm. and so that same potential, despite it being like the arts and we kind of we (laughs) kind of make. You, you I know, know what I mean, the, like,
1: I know it's okay. the 11th biggest band, but, dude, you know, as well as I do that the chances are astronomical.
2: Oh, yeah, they're, they're not. But like, I'm going to I want to be the guy on the the missile at the end of Dr. Strangelove, like riding this thing into the ground. You know, you're an anarchist, and, sir. You're an anarchist. <laughs> I can tell you're an anarchist. <laughs> no, it's, it's just like you have like if you're going to if you're going to pursue the, the industry, you can't let things like the 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 percentage of people who make it. Or, oh, no you know like the the how hard it is to break in you can't let that stuff stop no, you no you know? i i agree Dude, my whole my entire business
1: is wrapped around that i agree with right. you 100% i i'm here to teach filmmakers these yeah. are the realities of what the hell's going to happen to you guys i'm not saying don't stop but don't be an idiot about it like i always right. say follow your dream but don't be an idiot um but there but the cost is still the thing like if you can go down this yeah. road uh, at a much more affordable rate um or at another school or another program. Great. Uh, and you had a BA and you just wanted to go in yeah. to get a, to get a master's and that was your choice. Sure. Um, and you were like what, 20,000, 20, 20 30,000, the whole prior to the, oh,
2: yeah, I, I completely undid like the, the smart thinking that I did going to my state school,
1: you know, <laughs> right? I was, I was, I remember like, I was like, yeah, I can't go at Emerson.
2: That's well, that's crazy. No, and <laughs> that it, it went to, uh, Rutgers, U, New Jersey state, Right. Uh, it it was great. <laughs> But, like, but yeah, I, I completely undid that. And I went to the undergrad at Rutgers for financial reasons, you know, so I I like knowingly flipped that switch um, when when Columbia called. It's it's but. it's it's,
1: it's, an, it's insane. Yeah, no, I look, I, I don't know if at your age I would have made much of a different conversation. I, I, I would have made a different decision. I'll be honest with you, because I came from Florida as far. Uh, south as you can get <laughs> right. from from Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, so I if if I would have applied, I couldn't apply to it because I didn't go to a four year school. So I couldn't apply to NYU. And my, my high school was ridiculous. My number I was I barely made it through high school. Um, so if I would have gotten a call from NYU or USC or UCLA or AFI at 17, 18. I would have said whatever it takes. And I was just lucky that I, I came out at a time when, when Full Sail said yes, which they said yes to anybody with a checkbook. Um, <laughs> they, did, they did. They did. Anybody with a checkbook, they accept. It only hurt me <clears throat> about 25 grand. And I was, right. that was something I can climb out of. Uh, but I don't think I would have made much of a different decision than you did, man. I'll be honest with you. I, at that time in my life, I'd be like, oh, my God, film program look who's come out of there, especially Columbia is a good film program. I didn't mean to disparage it at the beginning, <laughs> but that's generally, you don't hear that name. Is that right. the one that comes up? It's USC, USCLA, oh, and NYU. These are the, definitely. it's
2: yeah. Those it's, are the it's big only, ones. it's only reached. It's, you know, like it it's made like the, the nineties and onward, even mm-hmm. like early two thousands and onward is really when it, it like saw an exponential curve from mm-hmm. like the nothingness into, you know, the, that like, again, that Hollywood reporter article that comes out every year. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I because you're right, even at 17 or even at um, I was 22 when I was when I was like, it's like, <laughs> like, screw it. Like what? <laughs> what else am I going to be doing with my life? Um, And you
1: don't and you at that age and I hope everyone listening understands when you're that young, you don't really understand what you're doing. You understand what you're doing, but the numbers don't seem real Um, the, because I, I just let it I'm not paying. I'm not paying. And I was where we're federal mines were like loan loans from like yeah. banks <laughs>
2: I, I will, I will say though, I, I don't know if it's fair to, on like a blanket way to say that a 22 year old doesn't You're know right. what they're doing. <laughs> um, I, and I, and that's, again, I think that's like when it, when you, when we're talking about this, like the kind of broader right. ripples in the, the myth of the whatever zeitgeist that that happens since that article dropped. Like there's been a lot of conversation like, Oh, a 21 year old or a 19 year old, doesn't know what they're doing. And I think for the most part, a lot of them do. And, and despite the, again, the insane, the insanity of like going to school for that amount of money, um, you know, it, it was a, it was a very like cognizant choice that I made. And I, I know a lot of my classmates, it was a very active and researched and nuanced decision. Um no I'm but, not uh, yeah
1: you know? you're, you're you're I'm not saying that all 22 year olds are uneducated and they can't make you know they're like you're dumb you're young no I'm not saying that cuz right. I I I was at 22 I wasn't I wasn't the seasons that I am today. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, I would make different choices now if I had my my brain back in my twenty two year old body. Many different things I would do. <laughs> but generally speaking, though, like even with me, and I'll just use my point of view. When I signed on, I'm like, "Oh, here's another five grand here. I just I'm going to do this, or I'm going to take another six grand there." The numbers don't seem real. At least they didn't for right. me. They don't. They they just look. They just couple numbers on a piece of paper. Like they yeah. don't. They don't seem you don't see the you don't feel the gravitas just like that Ben Stiller thing in Dodge but like right, you, right if you saw six grand cash or twenty grand cash you'd be like holy that's a lot of money
2: right and and if I you know if if I at any point like had to do something where I handled that amount of money before like like you're right like that's that it 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 didn't feel real in that sense right right because like I never saw it it was like in and out of like it never even hit. The only thing that did hit was like every like the the re, the refund that I would get um, where it would like it was like that extra like 20 grand for the year to like, you know, for living in New York City, that extra part of the loan, that part I saw. And and then, you know, so that was my my living budget for the year. Was that like 20 grand every year because, you know, I, I didn't have time to work. So like that was like that part of it felt real. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, because um, you lived but, off of it, <laughs> right? Because I like, I was like, this is what I have to live off, of. and I also had to shoot my movies within that budget as well. And this just like that part. Was, Did that you part eat ramen? Was, Did you eat
1: ramen all the time?
2: A <laughs> uh, lot of, a lot of ramen. A lot of, um, I mean, it was, it was New York, so there's always like cheap food joints around the corner. You sure. know, I, I lived in Harlem for four years and and loved it. Um, so like there, there was, you know, and then thankfully, New Jersey is a thirty minute train ride out of. Penn Station. So, you know, like my family, my support system were also on the East Coast, and that definitely made it a lot easier. But, yeah. but yeah, there, like metaphorically, there was a lot of ramen nights.
1: You know? <laughs> that was like twenty thousand in New York City, bro. Even in, in the mid two thousands, is not. Right. It's, it's I, and, like
2: I, li- I lived in what should have been a one bedroom apartment with three dudes, and you know, no. we, yeah, I mean, like, thankfully they were my college roommates who I, we, I do all my movies and like comedy with, so. Okay. Like we were, all, we were already used to living on top of each other, um, but it was it was close quarters <laughs> for a while.
1: God, and I, and I assume dating was a little rough back then. <laughs> it
2: was it was interesting uh, in the sense that there was no real time for it. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no sock, no socks on the on the on the on the doorknob. <laughs> oh, what what door? <laughs> you had a door front door, oh, didn't you? You had a front we had door. A, we, we had
2: a front door, but there yeah. was no. Oh no 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 from, from no! The bedroom to the kitchen. I understand that
1: because I lived in a, I, I lived in a similar <laughs> yeah. situation in college as well. No, in the front door there's no. Door oh
2: yeah out. yeah you know, there was we, yeah we the we, we, tie wrapped had, around. Yeah, that system figured out. But like I, I <laughs> it, again it was like those four to five years that was an experience. You know that again in in hindsight thinking of like what did I get out of going into that debt for like that was an experience in in my early to mid twenties that it cr- changed my life. You know, of course. Uh, And that was that was one of those one of those life things that like I'm going to I'm going to write about in wherever the hell I write it, you know, like so it's little even like those little like the hell of living as a young person in New York City and, and that, you know, taking the subway to 30 Rock at two in the morning on a Saturday night, like all those things are, you know, that's that's all part. It was all part of the experience of doing it that again, if I if you know, you ask me, like, would you do it again or would you would you change your decision? All of those things contribute into, like, no way in hell would I change any of it.
1: And that is the insanity of being a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Yeah. It is the insanity of what we do. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. I have to ask you, though, what, do you think that student debt will be the next financial bubble? Because I mean, Uh, you're
2: uh, like a hundred percent, you know. I think that's the and and it's not just the arts, it's everything. I I think that like the arts is like the easy target for a lot of
1: student debt, but student debt in general,
2: student debt in a very macro sense. Like it's it's such a problem um, because you're we're going to have an entire generation, you know, that is start like entering the prime of their working lives with too much debt. Cause like, and, and jobs across the board today don't pay what they should be paying. Like these specifically just in the industry, cause that's what the jobs that I've, I've worked, um, the we're, we're working $15 an hour cause it, those jobs were $15 an hour in 1994, you, you know, and, or, yeah. or and it's just like, listen, we, we've, we've, I was getting paid 50 bucks an hour to
1: edit commercials in the nineties. Yeah. And now that's dropped down to yeah. 20 because there's so many more editors out there so it's, wild. The, it's dropped down so now there's more job opportunities but you're not getting paid nearly a i mean i used to get paid 50 to 75 an hour depending on yeah. if i'm working promos or i'm working for a network or something like that yeah, i was it was it was, it was in this, and i lived at home right <laughs> it, was, it was insane i was in my 20s living at home it was great um but yeah but i i i think that you're absolutely right i think that Student debt will be the next thing that I think it has. It has more. There's more student debt than there is credit card debt now. That's that's insane. That's in in, in the United States. Like that's yeah, there's yeah, there's, yeah. there's more student debt and only going up, and the cost of education is only going up. So, but the but the edu- you're not getting more educated. You're not really? like you're not coming out like well. You're caught. Co- you it cost you three hundred grand, but you're making four fifty first year out. Like no, that's not <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> and, and and you know, then there's there's also that part like, yes, like now in this present moment, I'm making 30 grand a year, you know, um but and, and specifically with the entertainment industry, you know, there there's no middle class. It's you're making nothing until you're making guild minimum. And then that's that's a life changing, mm-hmm. you know, amount of amount of money. And there, it's it's like you flip a switch, you know, and so at least in the. In the back of my mind, when those like 2 a.m. Panic attacks are happening, um, you know, about like, how the hell am I ever? I, that was like the thing they quoted me on. The thing was like, how the hell am I ever going to pay this off? You know, mm-hmm. um, at least I know like the economics of the industry as backwards as they can be. Sometimes, it, you know, all it, it takes one thing to go from the bot, like from nothing into making guild minimums and, and selling scripts and like that land. Still very, very hard and it's a very small target, but like it, it there's no middle ground. So we're, we're just kind of, once that happens, yeah, then I'll pay my student debt off. But, um, you know, yeah. that's yeah. at least that's in the back of my head is like, you know, there is a way out of this. Yeah, know. there, there is, there is
1: um, uh, I understand what you're saying and there's always that opportunity and that's the, that's the magic that Hollywood, right sells right. that we're really Hollywood's really good at the sizzle really sucks at the steak. Um, <laughs> you know, and I've said this before on the show, I'll say it again. Uh, if, and you've lived in LA, so you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, if you go down to Hollywood Boulevard, it is not what it looks like on the Oscars.
2: No, it's not great.
1: <laughs> it's not really great. And, but around the world, Hollywood Boulevard is this place that everybody thinks like, Oh my God, it's, you know, Chinese theater and the, and everything. And for like a block and a half looks cool. But if you yeah. cross the street, grab to your grab your purse, and well, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Times
2: Square. It's the same thing. It's like I, when I when I first started working at MTV, and like fifteen fifteen Broadway is at like that's yeah. Times Square is the yeah. is the Viacom building, and I was like, this is so cool, you know, and like like growing up watching Nickelodeon, they were always like, you want to write to us, right at like fifteen fifteen Broadway, you know, and I, I I for the my first day at MTV, I was like, this is the coolest thing. I got off the subway at Times Square. I was like a Jersey oh, boy, sure. so I wasn't like city savvy yet. And then after that first day, I was like, "This is hell. This is the worst."
1: Is that an Elmo? Uh, is that an Elmo?
2: What's yeah, what oh, yeah. Times Square Elmo? <laughs> I I, w- I would say that I prefer Times Square Elmo over Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, oh yeah, Hollywood Boulevard. Man. He's rough. <laughs> he's rough. Yeah, he's the one that gets into the fights every once in a while. Right. Yeah. Right. I liked I liked Hollywood Boulevard Superman before he passed. Oh. Okay. That they, they, they did the documentary on him, and he yeah, was like, "Oh, right, right." He he literally looked like Christopher Reeve. Uh, but a lot thinner. Um, He was, oh God. Anyway, anyway, now we're going on a, on a deep, (laughs) off a a tangent. (laughs) But, but, but it's, it's, it's just to use an example of what Hollywood sells. And Hollywood is, especially uh, here in Hollywood, it is the land of broken dreams Uh, because you literally, everybody comes out with like, I could be found, I could be discovered. um, I can sell that script. I can make that movie um all these kind of things that can blow me yeah. up and is there a potential for that absolutely but those are lottery ticket conversations oh, 100%. but what you're yeah. talking about is not even lottery ticket you're just like dude guild minimum will change my effing life right like this is not like we're not you're not going after a million a year you're like going
2: for 60 a year oh yeah no <laughs> 70 like that, a like, year <laughs> get, like, like 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 writers guild minimum would be fantastic <laughs> <laughs> like i would be right, right now
1: rolling I would be right. like, I'd be like, just all day. <laughs> no, yeah. and, but it's true. And I re- I remember coming up, I was like, oh my God, if I could get like DGA minimum to be a first AD or second AD. Right. Just right. coming up, I would have like, oh my God, that would be amazing. You know, and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but then I jumped into post and, and went down that road. But yeah, it's. It, this is a it, this is a long conversation. It can keep going for hours and hours. I think that I, I'm very grateful that you came out to talk about this because I personally hadn't heard of debt that much for films for film school. Um, yeah. When I heard about it, I was like I was disgusted by the cost. I was like, "What the f is going like?" There's I I personally think there should be no school that charges that much for a film degree. I think the degree should relate to how much money. It, that is expected for someone to make in the business and they have to be relatable. They just have to be, because if not, yeah. you could, you can go to a hundred thousand dollar a year, uh, a pottery class, uh, and get a, an MFA and a master's in pottery and you could be like the best potter in the world. The chances of you making that money back is, is, not, is it's not, just, it's just, no real chance. So like social work and, and I use social work in the film industry, the social work is an actual, like you can get a job at social worker. There's a lot of right. social, we need social workers. In you,
2: you can get a job in the film industry too, but you but yeah.
1: can, you can, right. I'm not, I'm not saying you can't, um, but the amount of people going after those jobs in the film industry is a lot more than they are going after the social work industry. Does sure. that make, is that fair to say? Absolutely. Because social work's not that sexy. Hollywood, mm-hmm. super sexy, super. Right. Like everybody wants to be, in, everybody wants to make movies. Every, everybody really just wants to direct. Honestly, <laughs> The old joke, right? Um, but yeah, and I I agree with you. I think I think we're both on the same page for the most part. Um, I still don't think the the education you got is worth the money that you paid. Uh, but I don't devalue the education, and I don't think okay. I value I don't devalue the opportunities that 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 program got you by connections and job offers and things. Because I know how like corporate like Viacom's and those guys on like they'll look like oh he yeah we'll take interns from Columbia and NYU only. Uh, because they're like, that's that's their way to weed out all the crazies like me trying to get in when I was younger. Like, but I didn't go to those schools. Well, we only take interns from this or that. So um, but I think we're we're pretty much on the same page. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. You know, I, I think that I, I absolutely wish that school did not cost what it did. You know, <laughs> sure. I think like any rational person would agree on that. Um, I'm not. I'm not ready to to say that I don't think it was worth it mm-hmm. yet you How, know, how just, old are you now? I'm twenty nine. Talk to me in ten years. Call hey, me back.
1: Hey, you <laughs>
2: know what? I, I, I hope at, at ten years, I'm at least making guild minimum. So that would be that would dude. Be that's doable, man. You should absolutely be
1: making guild minimum back then. no i, I, I <laughs> listen man, I understand, bro. and I, I, I understand completely this is i I'm, you're talking to a guy who's you know forty seven. Uh, so I've right. been around, I've been around the block a, a little bit longer than you have, uh, totally. but you, but you definitely have experiences that I do not have um, without question. You know, I, I just think that anyone listening really needs to think very carefully before they go down a road like this. Um, Absolutely. And it depends on what school you're going to go to, uh, what program it is, is that program worth it? Um I'm a, I'm a self, I'm a hustler as, as my t-shirt and hat and company say, <laughs> I'm a self guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm a self generating kind of guy. Like I, I'll educate myself. I'll read, I'll, I'll go yeah, do things. Absolutely. That's the kind of personality I have. There's a lot of people who don't have that personality and need to, not that that's wrong, but yeah, yeah. would would benefit from a school program that's structured and stuff. I get that 110%, um but they really need to think very carefully about if they're going to jump into this, even if they're jumping into $100,000 of debt. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
0: And now back to the show.
1: That's a lot
2: of money, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I like, absolutely. And, you know, like growing up in, in New Jersey, like the, the, the hustle, the grind, like that's, you know, I, I appreciate having had like having had that, like got to hustle DIY, do it live uh, environment before I went to to structure, um because all of all of undergrad for me was was that it was we were shooting our own films on weekends. We were hustling. It was, you know, mm-hmm. um, it, it was that mentality watching a lot of like uh Philip Bloom videos. And, oh, yeah, and Phil, and yeah. Film Riot and, yeah, and all yeah. those guys, you know, because we wanted to figure out how to do that camera thing. Um, mm-hmm. and it, and so I, I took, I totally, I totally hear you on, on the hustle. And I think there is a balance that any filmmaker who wants to make it needs to have of like the tenacity to keep going mm-hmm. combined with like whatever Avenue is going to help you learn how to do the thing that you need to learn how to do, do it,
0: mm-hmm. you know?
2: And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. It's it 90% of this is just, you have to have enough energy and passion and drive to keep just to, after every rejection, to keep going. You oh, know? God, like yeah. you, 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 it's quite literally, you just have to outlast everybody. And and it's
1: not generally the most talented that outlasts everybody. It's yeah. the, it's, it's And that's something that people need to, listening need to understand. It's not about how talented you are, because I've met an obscene amount of people in the industry during my Absolutely. days who are, they should not be where they are. They shouldn't be doing what they are, but they just are tenacious and they did not give up where... Other people who I, I've talked to, I'm like, my God, you're so effing talented. Like your script, I've read this script. This should be, you should be making this into a feature. This should be, you should be blowing up. And they don't, um, they just gave up because it's, it's, it, right. this is a brutal,
2: one of the most brutal industries there is. Oh, absolutely. Like ninety ninety 90% of my day to day is rejection emails or, or getting ghosted by, you know, <laughs> jobs or or people who are like, oh, yeah, we're looking for a person for this or person for that. It's just that's that's my status quo is is rejection. um But you know, I, I, I always joke that it's like, oh, like we're at a deli and we're just waiting. You know, we're waiting in line for our number to be called. And it's like, what are you going to be doing during the time, you know, that you're that you've pulled your ticket and that they call your number? Are you going to have the rest of your shopping done? Are you going to like know what you're making for dinner that night? Like again, I speak almost exclusively in metaphors, but mm-hmm. you know, it's like, you just, you just have to keep going. And then when you get your shot, take it, but be ready to take it when your number's called.
1: Now I, I was going to ask you, what advice would you give a filmmaker trying to break into the business today? <laughs> but I think you've answered that question right there. It's like, just don't give up. Right. Um, and also, you know, there is a thing <laughs> about not giving up because I can run into a wall head first and not give up but at a certain point you're gonna go my head hurts maybe i should figure a way around the wall under the wall maybe i should buy a tool something along those lines so yes be tenacious but if things aren't working reevaluate and absolutely and keep and keep trying different angles to get in and i listen dude you know i've been trying to i i've been trying to get into the business for 20 odd years I try to hack my way in. I try Correct. to like sneak my way in. I always was trying to like get invited or, or sneak in through the back door. And the moment I stopped doing that and then just started to, um, honestly, when I started this show, is when the doors all opened up for me. That's great. And, and because I was getting back to the community and I was, and then I was making contacts with people and things like that. And it's insane. But I didn't, I wasn't trying anymore in that sense. I was trying in another way. Again, beating your head against the door or a wall and then go, that didn't work. It took me 20 years to figure it out. <laughs> so again, not the brightest, uh, but now it's, it's, it's at a different place. So uh, I think you did answer that question. Um, now, what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film industry or in
2: life? The, the lesson that took me the longest, um, probably, I, I mean, I think I'm still working on it, but to, to value my own worth, I know that sounds insane after a conversation about all the debt that I'm in. Um, but, but, but what I, That's <laughs> but what, <great. laughs> what, what I mean by that is, um, to, to trust my, myself as a person who is allowed to be where I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like, and especially just from like all the, you know the early jobs in the film industry I worked where it's like don't talk to me, don't do this, like you can't be here. Why are you here? Like that meant like I I even I I quit a job that will go nameless in 2020 right before the pandemic, which was a dumb decision because I I missed out on unemployment. Um, but uh, it it was because the my my boss had this attitude of why are you talking to me right now? And it was my job to be constantly talking to him, and so like. I realized like I I am I'm allowed to be here like it's my job to be here. And so, you know, in in the in context of like pursuing the dream in the film industry. It's like it's my job to be a filmmaker. I'm allowed to be a filmmaker. It's that like how do you fight that imposter syndrome, you know, Mm. and so like I'm I'm writing I'm writing what I think is going to be my first feature film right now after after having written like five or six feature screenplays. And, I, you know, I'm still working on finding the confidence to say, like, yes, this is my I'm going to do this. And I I, I have this the skills and the self wherewithal to be able to write this. Um, and so I don't know if I've fully learned how to do that yet, but that's like that's the work in progress. It's just like learning how to, you know, know what my self-worth is and like just do the thing that I have spent 10, 15 years practicing doing
1: and i think that i think what you said with self-worth i think we as especially when you're coming into the business man uh, you you think you're that people think make you tr- make you feel worthless right. and and like that guy that you were just saying like why are you talking to me i had those bosses i i had those uh, th- those people and uh i i completely understand it and if you do need to understand your worth even if you're just an intern on a movie set there should be no abuse there should, be, there should be a, a level of respect. Uh, you're a human being offering a service and you should feel that way. And I love that comment. It's like, I deserve to be here. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a human being. I'm, I'm here. Uh, respect respect me and respect what I'm trying to do here. Uh, and I like that idea. I like that concept very much. I think it's something that definitely needs to be put out there. Um, and three of your favorite films of all time, sir. <laughs>
2: Oh man. Three of my favorite films. Um, number one is the blues brothers. Without a doubt, I, I would it's one of the, one of the best films ever made. Um, I, I, I grew up playing the saxophone, you know, between, between the blues, like the blues brothers soundtrack and like every Clarence Clemens solo in a Springsteen song like that mm-hmm. was my way into art was music. So, um, the blues brothers was a huge influence on me. My, my film that won the, uh, the award was a musical. Um, and and so that just like style and genre like that is will awesome. always be near and dear to my heart. Um, number two uh, is My Cousin Vinny. Um, genius I think film. It's I think it's a as a screenplay. It's perfect. Like anyone who wants to learn like screenplay structure and rules of comedy writing where like every joke has a payoff in the third act like that is a perfect screenplay. Um, and then the third one, just because it's it's a film that I love that I think no one else really, truly loves the way I do. But A Knight's Tale with with Heath Ledger. It's a genius film. I love that. I yeah, just watched I, it the I other just, day. It's great. I love it. It's like it's a two hour cheese fest, but like the soundtrack's great. And oh, like I, I, I cry <laughs> at the end every time. I don't care. It's it's an amazing movie.
1: I love I, I absolutely love. Nice. And all, I all good choices, sir. All good choices. And last question, man. What do you say to a potential film student? thinking about yeah. going to film school today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> After this entire conversation, right. Right. I would like if if I'm 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 17. I'm yeah. 17. I'm like, Zach, man, uh, I'm thinking about go- you went to film school. I hear it's cool. What okay. do you th- what advice do you have? Should I do that or should I just watch like Film Riot and listen to Indie Film Hustle and 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 just go my own way? What would you say to me?"
2: I would I would say to uh, a young person who is trying to, who wants to be a filmmaker. Um, and I didn't know the answer to this question when I was 17. So whenever you figure this out, um, in, my, in my opinion, after having gone through it, if you want to be a cinematographer, an editor, a, a, a first AD, if you wanna work in production, if, if you wanna, if some part of the technical is what you wanna do and you know that that's the life path you wanna have, I don't think you need to go.
0: We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor.
2: And now back to the show. I think you can, you can learn, you can go get a camera, you can go shoot, you can edit, you can make a bunch of stuff. You can learn the technical, like without a doubt, you don't need like a degree in sound editing or cinematography (laughs) to become a sound person or a cinematographer. Cause that you just learn by, by doing and playing. Um, if you want to be a writer, director or a screenwriter or because I think writing and directing are like two halves of the same skill set. Um, if you want like to if you want to be that person, then you have to figure out, are you in a position to make work now? Like like are, if 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 you want to be a screenwriter, are you in a position where you can write material and also get quality feedback from not your mom? Right or from not the friend that's going to say like it's great it's perfect i love it um if you can or if you have like that if if you can be Quentin Tarantino who can lock himself in a cabin a wo- cabin in the woods and write reservoir dogs like awesome you know yeah
1: but but you could go to writers groups you can it, online like, yeah, there's a lot whatever, of places whatever
2: whatever the the access to that is if you have that i don't like i don't know if you need to go to film school um if you or like me who I does not have that if if you if none of your friends are art people, if none of your friends are writers, if you don't have at 17 years old, you know, like a, a writing mentor or access to the artistic resources, not like not even the technical resources, but like access to those artistic environments where you can workshop stuff and shoot stuff and like play it for people and get honest feedback. If you don't have that, maybe you consider it. Because that, to me, is the biggest value that I got out of film school is that artistic environment. Um, and, and so I, I know, like, it's not that easy of like a yes or no. I just think, for the if if you have if you're the kind of writer that loves to write in a cabin in the woods, or mm-hmm. you have that writers group already, and you're getting good, constructive, positive, and like forward momentum on on your work there. Like that's what we, that's what I got in film school. So um, I I don't know if that answers the question.
1: It it, it, it does answer the question. And I think your main point is like, if you can have colleagues that will look at your work, give you constructive criticism, work with you on things. Um, Maybe you take take a handful of online courses, maybe you take some local courses or fly out to take some workshops with some high level people uh, and get, get into the community. I think your big thing was community and having access to other people. And trust me, I know where you're talking about because I came from Florida, which did Miami, which was no films. Like it was, it was like yeah. I was starving. I watched Entourage as my way to connect with the film industry, as sad as that might be. Um, or behind the scenes videos of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, but, uh, but if you can find that, it's not necessary. But... Again, if it's affordable, there's a lot of local programs around the country. Absolutely. Community Absolutely. college, a lot of great community colleges have access to gear, teachers who will help you learn that gear. And I love what you said about if you want to be a technician, you don't need a, you don't need, generally speaking, you don't need a four-year degree, let alone a master's to make it in this business. That's been very right. well established. Um, but if you want to be a technician, you might go and look, take some classes, take some workshops in that. I mean, you can- go to LA or New York and take, you know, ASC workshops by ASC cinematographers or online, you can pick up a lot of stuff
2: too. Or, or you, or you can just go shoot stuff. Like my, my, my my good buddy, his name's Adam Volrich. He's, he's the, the best DP I've ever met. He's my first phone call whenever I have a project. Um, he, like we both went to Rutgers together and, um, he has been like hustling his ass off for years in the new york city scene as a working dp and and he's spent like the same time that i put into film school learning to be a writer he was out there shooting learning to be the best dp he can possibly be and you know i like whenever i talk to like even prospective rucker students or just high, like i I was teaching a high school class in new jersey the last two weeks for like a film summer academy and i was talking to the students and they were like do i go to film school or not and i was like here's here's me and my buddy, and we both had two different paths and neither path is mutually exclusive in terms of benefits from the other, you know, it's just, um, wherever you, whatever your path takes you do that. Like if you have access to stuff, follow that access. And if you, you know, if you need access, just like you're running through the wall, if you need to get to the other room, find a way into the other room, Mm -hmm. you know, but you would generally say, don't go $300,000 in debt. On the whole, if you can avoid it, <laughs> like try to not go three hundred thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, <laughs> just as a as a general statement,
1: as, as a ge- general rule, not. general rule, not a great, not a great thing. Um, yeah. Zach, bro, man, I, I I can't thank you enough for being so transparent <laughs> and honest and raw about yours and, and actually just good humored about what you've gone through and and sharing this, um, sharing your story with uh, with my tribe and with filmmakers around the world. I think it's a conversation that needs to continue to be had. Uh, And I think we've, we've, I think this is, this has been a good conversation. I hope anyone on the fence can figure out what's right for them uh, going down the road. But uh, I wish you much success on your journey, my friend. And thank you so much for, for, uh, for being on the show, man. Thanks.
2: Thank you very much, Alex. I really appreciate it.
1: I want to thank Zach so much for coming on the show, being raw and transparent and, sharing his experience with the tribe today. Thank you so much, Zach. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv forward slash 274. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, keep on writing no matter what. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv.